It's been Jack Benny, Amos and Andy, Bergen and McCarthy. Still waiting to entertain you on CBS are Rocky Jordan, Horace Height, our Miss Brooks, Dick Ames and Joe Stafford, The Whistler and Red Skelton. Now, Del Monte Foods brings you a world of adventure with Rocky Jordan. Most honored, Mr. Jordan. I am Ha Sing. Oh, how are you, Ha Sing? What brings you to the tambourine? I come as servant of Dr. Wong Lee. Dr. Wong Lee, of course. How is he, Ha Sing? His years are very many. Dr. Wong Lee requests your presence at his humble dwelling at the hour of eight. Well, this evening, I'm afraid I'll have to send my regrets, Ha Sing. You see, I've made other plans. Mr. Jordan. Yes? Dr. Wong Lee says that the invitation of a friend is not given lightly nor yet lightly received. But some other time. I know he'll understand. Dr. Wong Lee says that the time grows short. What you are to see, you must see tonight. And what am I to see? You are to see it, Mr. Jordan. Not hear about it from me. This begins to sound like more than an invitation. Dr. Wong Lee awaits you then. At the hour of eight... Del Monte, the brand you trust for flavor in so many good foods. Yes, Del Monte, the best-liked brand of canned fruits and vegetables in the whole wide world, takes you now to the Cafe Tambourine in Cairo, gateway to the ancient East, where modern adventure and intrigue unfold against a backdrop of antiquity. Tonight's Rocky Jordan story, The Secret of Wong Lee. I'd been all set for a big card session that evening, but then Ha Singh floated into my tambourine office with a last-minute invitation from her employer, Dr. Wong Lee. She gave it just the touch of mystery that said I couldn't refuse. So a little before eight, I was on my way to Dr. Lee's house. I'd first met the aging Dr. Wong Lee a couple of years before. It turned into a real friendship as I knew him better. He lived almost like a patriarch over a colony of his people near the old Chinese quarter. They had him to thank for the wise decision he'd made when they first came to Egypt. To discard all their customs and manners and take on the ways of their neighbors. Because of that, they had prospered. And no one was more highly respected on the streets of Cairo than Wong Lee in his dark, continental style of dress. I was still wondering what this was about as I rang his doorbell. Ha Singh let me in. As I stepped onto the deep carpet of the outer room, I wondered even more. Dr. Wong Lee awaits you, Mr. Jordan. This way. Hussing, is that incense I smell? It is the incense of jasmine, which Dr. Wong Lee ordered to be burned this night. This starts to make no sense at all. This is his door. Please to enter. Mr. Jordan comes, Dr. Lee. You bring honor to my house, Mr. Jordan. At first, I didn't trust my eyes in the subdued light of the room. What I saw was like a piece of jade set before a magnifying glass. But I knew it was Dr. Wong Lee seated there. Not in continental dress now, but head to foot, robed in the full costume of the Mandarin. Will you not be seated, Mr. Jordan? Uh, sure, Dr. Lee. Oh, it's, uh, it's good to see you again. Again, I am honored. Look, uh, maybe I have no right to ask. But uh, do you not come as a friend? 
Oh, it's the incense, the clothes you're wearing, the things in this room I've never seen before. I thought you passed all that up. One must never be fooled by the outward veneer that my people have assumed of necessity, Mr. Jordan. It was never possible for us to leave behind entirely our philosophy and our traditions. We are still Chinese. Oh, of course, and you're entitled to your way. It is my hope that you will understand, then, my point of view, and in so doing, what you must see here tonight. Ha Sing said something about Above that. Above all else, Mr. Jordan, you are perfectly free to tell anyone what you have seen here. Such is my wish. Dr. Lee, I'm afraid I don't follow this at all. In but a little while. Then let's put it this way. Why me? Why was it me you sent for? Because, Mr. Jordan, I have long known that you live by a strong code. One all your own, but one in which I can place my trust. That's something I didn't know. One sees so much more from without than from within. It is always so. Dr. Lee, uh, are we waiting for somebody? Ah, Mr. Jordan, now it is you who see into my mind. It is as you say. Dr. Lee, it is Mr. John McGrath. Skip the introductions, Ha Sing. I can find you, Dr. Lee. He is expected, Ha Sing. He may enter. Yeah, you can laser that. Now, look here, Wong Lee. There is another guest, Mr. McGrath. May I present Mr. Jordan? Hi, McGrath. Jordan? I don't know that I've ever heard of you. Now, just what is this all about? It happens you know as much as I do. Well, I ain't so sure. There's something funny going on here, and I say we clear it up right now. If you will be seated then, Mr. McGrath. I'll take it standing on my own two feet. Uh, come, Hussing, pour now the tea for my guest. I don't want none of your blasted tea. Are uh, you then, Mr. Jordan? Oh, thanks. Get on with it, will you, Wong Lee? You see, Mr. Jordan, our good friend learns not the lesson of oriental patience. Yeah, <laughs> and it happens I care a lot less. Very well, we wait no longer. Ha Sing, bring to me the ivory chest. Set it here on the table before me. And now you will leave us. Go from the house. From the house, Dr. Lee? And quickly, Ha Sing, I need you no more. As you command. By the shades of the horn spoon, I've had enough of this scuttlebutt. Now, what's in that box? Everything, Mr. McGrath, and nothing. Here? Well, open it, if that's what you're leading up to. Now, let's see it. As you wish, Mr. McGrath. And now, you see? Dr. Lee, don't. Hey, Jordan, it's a gun. Grab him! Give me the gun, Dr. Lee. Give it to me. No. It is best that I keep it here. Are you crazy? Do you realize what you've done? Even as you have witnessed, Mr. Jordan. Why, then? Why? I only repeat. You are free to tell whomever you like of what you have seen this night in my house. Dr. Wong Lee carefully laid the gun back into the ivory case and closed it. I stood there, not knowing what to do or say. Finally, I got out. Well, the police had to know that's what Dr. Lee wanted, so I started for headquarters. But then something made me hesitate. Maybe it was the feeling that none of this was real, or maybe the way I'd always felt toward Dr. Lee. Anyhow, before long, I was seated at a back table in the tambourine trying to get it settled in my mind. Hey, Chris. Yeah, Rocky? Get you something? No, no, no. Tell me something. Anything I can. What's eating you, Rock? Supposing you'd just seen somebody, a, a man respected by everyone, a, a friend you'd known to be good in every way. Supposing you'd just seen him commit a murder. Hey, maybe I had better get you something. Tell me, Chris. Well, gee, I don't know, Try and forget it, I guess. I guess you'd get the cops and break clean. But me, I, I don't know if I'd have the nerve. Thanks. <laughs> guess we're both lucky we don't have to decide anything like that, huh, Rock? Hey, where you going, Rock? 
You just got through telling me. Ten minutes later, I walked into police headquarters asking for Captain Sam Sabaya. He was still at his desk, and there was somebody else. A man with neat gray hair and a pink face who kept wearing a path across the floor. Sam glanced at the clock on the wall and then back at me. Sam, there's something I gotta tell you. Yes, I've been expecting you, Jordan. Jordan? Did you say, Captain? This is Rocky Jordan? It is. Jordan, you must meet Mr. Elworth Gerard, the attorney for Dr. Wong Lee. Well, Mr. Jordan, please, I must ask you... Go on, you... Sam, let's hear the rest. Dr. Wong Lee has just turned himself in for the murder of John McGrath. He says that you alone were there to see. But it's incredible. I cannot believe that a man of his stature... Uh, Mr. Jordan, we'd better discuss this alone. What I gotta say is for Sam, nobody else. But think, man, you you were his friend. Was I? Mr. Gerard, will you kindly wait outside? Very well, Captain Sabaya. Jordan, it is now past 10.30. John McGrath was killed more than two hours ago, yet you wait until now. I'm here, Sam. Isn't that enough? Were you at Dr. Lee's house tonight? I was. And what did you see? I saw him fire three shots into John McGrath, killing him. I was his witness. He wanted me to tell what I saw. But he didn't say why. Nor will he say more to us. I'm convinced that he firmly intends to keep it that way. The hearing is set for tomorrow morning. I will expect you to appear at the court at ten. Is that all there is to it? This is an open and shut case, Jordan. There has to be something behind it. Who was this McGrath? The seaman's card was found in his pocket. Beyond that, the important fact is that he's now dead. Why, Sam? Why would a man like Dr. Lee do such a thing? Jordan, are you trying to condone a deliberate, premeditated murder? I'm just trying to see more than that. Oh, naturally. I am fully aware that you will not let this rest. However, I have no authority over your movement until 10 tomorrow morning. Be there, Jordan, and make no mistake about it. <laughs> Del Monte Foods is presenting tonight's adventure with Rocky Jordan. One of the big problems every woman faces when she serves meatless meals is to make the family feel they've really had something to eat. And that's why so many women depend on Del Monte tomato sauce. You see, the rich, satisfying goodness of Del Monte tomato sauce has just the zest you need to perk up the flavor of the food you cook with it. And that's mighty important right now. It's such a problem during Lent, finding appetizing substitutes for meat dishes. Yes, cheese, fish, or egg dishes always have extra flavor interest when you cook them with Del Monte tomato sauce. It gives them a heartier, more del... Cut it out, Ruth. We got company, Albert. You call me Mrs. Logan, the way we said. Because I'm your employer, and I can hire you and fire you and hire you and fire you and hire <laughs> You mind her? I don't mind it. You know, you're lucky, mister, being a cop at a time like this. I really would have right through that wall there at a knocked you, and I could have. Barbell muscles. I lift them. Yeah, it's a fine form of exercise. I approve of it very much. Who are you? Hers. Mrs. Logan's bodyguard. Like she said. Hired to guard the body and the home and the welfare while Mr. Logan's in Europe. And I miss him, too. Don't you forget that, Albert. I don't want anybody to forget that. You or you or any of you. Or say yes, ma'am, to me, Albert. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> A boy named Joe Blair mentioned your husband's name, Mrs. Logan. How is 
is old Joe? How's old Josie today, I ask you? Dead. Murdered. Old Josie's dead and murdered, Albert. You'd better get some sleep, Mrs. Logan. Look, mister, I was bringing a... From a party, it's my job. Mrs. Logan, how do you know Joe Blair? Hmm? Picked the lad up in St. Louis and dumped him in Indianapolis. Hitchhiked with me. Hitchhiked, I told you, Albert. Yes, ma'am. On my way back from sunny California, driving along, there was he. In St. Louis, Mo. Knapsack on shoulder, thumb in the air, wind on his cheek. In Indianapolis, he moved over an inch toward me. I pulled up near a cop, smiled at Joe, and told him goodbye. My life with Joe Blair. You want anything else with her, mister? Yeah, I do. When she's sober, see that she gets that way. That's my job. Do it. I'll get around to you later, both of you. In the time it took me to pick it up, she jumped into the waiting taxi and it pulled away fast. So I turned my attention to the book in my hand. By the light of a store window, I saw it was an ordinary ledger, but the writing was in Chinese. And that took me to my friend Dick Archer. He'd been an interpreter in the Chinese theater during the war, and he could help. It took a little time to get him out of bed. Oh, this better be good, Rocky. You broke up a beautiful dream. Oh, I'm sorry, Dick. Just tell me how the scratchings in this book come out in English, huh? Uh, oh, this is very dull. Just some bookkeeping. Let's see. Quan Sen, 500 pounds. Osai, 500 pounds. Everett Hang, 200 pounds. Piker, huh? Go on, Dick. <laughs> oh, there's several more names and figures. Oh, speaking of figures... Come on, Rocky, come on. Dick. What else is there? Same names and figures repeat for the last three months. What is it? Blackmail? Shakedown? I don't know for sure. But Kwong Sen could tell me. Well, thanks, Dick. You can get back to your dream now. My humble house sleeps at this hour. Are you Kwong Sen? I am Kwong Sen. He who sells herbs and spices in the bazaar. Why am I honored by your presence? I'm Rocky Jordan, a friend of Dr. Wong Lee. We've got to help him. If there were only a way now... Don't tell me you won't even try. None can help him now. Not even his own son. He has a son? In Alexandria, with the army intelligence. But he too will understand. Huang Sen, you've been paying Dr. Lee 500 pounds each month for the past three months. Is that right? There is only one way that you could know of this. And so you do not come to help. I'm doing this for Dr. Lee. No, Mr. Jordan. For 15 years, my people live in honor in Cairo. It is Dr. Lee's wish that we remain so. He wants it even to the point of... You are listening to Broadway's My Beat, written by Morton Fine and David Friedkin, and starring Larry Thor as Detective Danny Clover. The Sunday afternoon edition of CBS Radio World News Roundup, broadcast on most of these same stations, keeps you up to date at all times. There's hard-hitting news and analysis by noted CBS Radio reporters Bill Shadell, Howard K. Smith from London, Charles Collingwood covering the nation's capital, and U.N. correspondent Larry Lasser. 
Every Sunday, CBS Radio's great team of correspondents and reporters give you their weekend of observations as well as the news that will shape history in the days and weeks to come. The sounds you hear on Broadway are fragments, words broken off and windblown that drift your way, the swift dart of subway noises, and a horn and a whistle and footsteps, the brief wild sob of the faraway river. You've got to listen close so you'll know if that sound began with laughter or despair. The difference it makes, not much. Broadway reacts to clowns and death in nearly the same way. The blonde who had a little accident on the street corner or the dead man you saw propped against a fence in an alley. Something to tell your family about. How the policeman pushed you back so you couldn't see how it all ended. But I saw. I had to stay to the end. Until Tommy Cap was lifted down and shrouded and taken away. Until Tommy Cap was made a matter of official concern. Then I left. Go to a place, back to headquarters, write it down to be transcribed later by a stenographer be dated by a dater, stamped by a stamper, to be put in a file by a clerk. I just came from records, Danny. Just about through running Tommy Cap's card through the IBM. Uh, anything? Just about what we figured. Petty stuff. Yeah. He was a steerer, Danny. You know, a kid latched on to convention people, showed them bars, took them to the village, Harlem. How come he had a record? A little trouble conning the ladies a couple of times. Oh? How? he promote them for neckties, maybe a sport jacket, meals. A couple times we know about, he tried to put the bite on him for dough. Two, three hundred bucks. Twice the lady squawked. Uh-huh. Well, did you get his address? Sure. Rooming house off of West 49th. Might be something interesting there. I don't know. It... You mean it's an interesting rooming house, Mugovan? A landmark or something? Why don't you ever let me finish anything, Danny? I'm sorry. What about it? Not the rooming house. The roommate. A musician, a piano player named Norm Persack. What's interesting is he plays piano at the 7th Avenue Paradise. That dime a dance joint. You think that's interesting, Danny? Yeah, I think that's interesting. Thanks, Muggerman. Thanks a lot. Man, I thought you'd never come. You Norm Persack? The one, the only Norm Persack. Come in, man. Don't stand that open doorway. That way lies madness. First, you listen to this, man. You close your eyes and listen to this. All right. I just found it. I reached out, and there it was waiting for me. You hear that? You hear the melody? You hear the song? It's, it's different. Yeah, yeah. You got real taste for a policeman, man. How did you know I was... Are you kidding, man? You made a stir at the 7th Avenue Paradise last night. Norm Persack never forgets. And why I'm here, you know that, too? Sure, man, because I feel it. You can ask me why my roomie is dead, why Tommy Cap died like that on a nail. That's right. I don't know. If I could figure those things, man... You I see could... Tommy last night? Yeah, twice. Once in the night, the next time around dawn. That's the crazy time. Tell me about it. Night, Tommy walks in here, dons a Brooks Brothers suit, you know, with a bench in the back, you know? Yeah. Flips the vents at me, walks out. The other time? Dawn. Tommy walks in on me, gathers up his silk shirts, the ties that glow in the dark, throws a kiss, says, See you around, kid. This is farewell to nothing. His parting words. You tell your... With passports all in order. Mr. Jordan, Dr. Lee in his wisdom would have it no other way. But then, even he knew little of the language, and 
had to trust another. So McGrath took care of everything. Passports, papers. He had it all arranged. Yes. Then it takes him 15 years to come back and find out there's money to be had from your people now. He goes right to Dr. Lee to tell him the passports were phony from the beginning. You're all living illegally in Egypt. We were helpless, Mr. Jordan. What could we do? Just what McGrath said. Pay off. Dr. Lee collected from each member of the colony, and McGrath was riding high. So you found the ledger which I dropped. Where were you taking it, Hussing? To the attorney of Dr. Lee. It was his desire also to protect us as best he could now. Sure. Mr. Jordan. Yes, Hussing? Dr. Lee chose to kill that evil man in order to save our people. It would not be well if his sacrifice went for nothing. But don't worry, Hussing. No one will hear about it from me. I left Ha Singh, walked over to the Sharia Solomon Pasha, and caught a taxi to headquarters. There was still nothing more I wanted to tell. But I knew Sam was beating the bushes for me by now, and I wanted it over with. Jordan, I gave you express orders that you were to appear at the hearing of Dr. Lee at 10 this morning, knowing full well that you would take every possible means of avoiding it. Supposing I told you I was on my way there. But three hours too late. Jordan, do you not know that the penalty for contempt of this sort is most severe? All right, so get it on your bladder, get it over with. Yes, but it appears that you are most fortunate. How so? Dr. Lee is a man of many years. The shock of this thing seems to have brought a great change over him. It was thought best to postpone the hearing until tomorrow. I'll be there. Jordan, it is obvious that the past few hours have held great activity for you. I've been around. Your intent, I am sure, was to learn something which might in some manner extenuate Dr. Lee's crime. And what now can you tell? The Dr. Wong Lee shot and killed John McGrath. Nothing more, Jordan? Nothing more. Exactly how is Dr. Lee, Sam? Columbus. Yeah, yeah. Springfield, too. Thanks for calling again, Mr. Rocket. You heard, Danny? Nothing from any of those places either, huh? Same answers as from Wheeling and Pittsburgh and Harrisburg. Mm -hmm. No one registered by the name of Ruth Logan in any of the big cities on the route. It's not positive, Danny, but... Oh, hi, Gino. Detective... You summoned me to your presence, Danny? Yeah, I did, Gino. Last night, Tommy Cap drove you home, didn't he? Oh, no, he did not, Danny. He remembered after we drove for a little while a most pressing engagement to phrase him. So he dropped me at a subway station and waved me a cheery farewell. While you were driving, Gino, did you talk about anything? A most refreshing conversation, Danny. About his work, about my work, man to man, straight from the shoulder. You didn't mention anything about the Logans, did you, Gino? You know I know better than that, Muggerman. I've been in this business 20 years. You should behave outside of the shop as good as me. Oh, Gino. Gino, did he try to talk to you about the Logans? Indeed, he made mention of saying, but I deftly sidestepped the issue. That's when he dropped me. What else is on your gentleman's mind? Nothing, Gino. Nothing at all. <laughs> I'm Danny Clover, Mrs. Logan. I'm... I met you in a haze once, didn't I? Right here, Mrs. Logan, this morning. Come in. There's nobody here but Albert. Hey, Albert. We know him, don't we? You back again, Buster? I'm interrupting something. I'm teaching the ape a waltz. 
Watch us. Come on, Albert. Now, look, baby. You... Say yes, ma'am, Albert. Yes, ma'am, but I ain't bossing. We didn't before, anyhow, did we? Did we? Turn off the record, Albert. Yes, ma'am. May I help you, sir? Look, this man here with me is a captain of the police. Jordan, he can see that. I want some action and fast. Uh, what is it you want, sir? Get me all the passport records of that Chinese colony over in the Sharian affair and make it quick. At once, sir. Jordan, you will explain why we've created this ridiculous scene. Oh, you'll find out. Just look at the records. Look at them good. Indeed. How can passport records help Dr. Lee? Why do you think Dr. Lee killed McGrath? Only to stop a phony passport shakedown. Regardless of this, Jordan, I cannot understand your actions. Even this cannot save him. Maybe not, but it'll save plenty of others. Look at the records, Sam. Then find out who's been here lately to get some facts for himself. Jordan, where are you going? You'll find me, Sam, in the office of Dr. Lee's attorney, Elworth Gerard. Why, Mr. Jordan? Yes, here's the ledger book you've been wanting, Gerard, with all the records of McGrath's shakedown. Ah Singh dropped it last night. Yes, of course. Thank you. You know, Dr. Lee was a pretty smart man, wasn't he? Most intelligent. Yes. It's regrettable. When McGrath told him that his people were living illegally in Egypt, Dr. Lee didn't dare check with the immigration office himself. But he would go to someone else. He'd go to you, Gerard, right? Mr. Jordan, if his attorney... Yes, if his attorney, you could have found out. He'd have made sure you did before he started paying. Mr. Jordan, I'll confess that I did. McGrath was right. But naturally, I kept what I learned in confidence, as I feel you should. Yeah, you let Wang Lee and his people go right on thinking what McGrath had told them was true. But you knew better. What are you trying to say? I don't know how you and McGrath got together, Gerard, but it was a great setup. How much did he cut you in for? You'd better get out of here, Jordan. He even had me fooled till I remembered about Dr. Lee's son. His son? With the Army Intelligence. What's the first thing the authorities would do before taking somebody into intelligence? Check his background and that of his family. They'd have learned if there was something wrong, only there wasn't. Wasn't there, Mr. Jordan? Every cent McGrath collected was based on your lie. You're just as guilty of McGrath's murder as Dr. Lee himself. Thought you'll never... That paperweight won't fix it. All right. See? No. No, Jordan, no more. All right. Get up. Get up. Jordan, I'm looking for Elworth Gerard. Hey, you'll find his coat right behind this door, Sam. On the coat rack. Gerard is still in it. Sam was real busy for a while with Gerard. My part of the job was done, but I made it a threesome with him back to headquarters. I sat for a while in Sam's office till he could join me. When he finally came in, there was a look on his face like the Sphinx. Jordan, you have many strange ways of learning what you would know. But I must give you full credit. What's new from the immigration office, Sam? The legal status of Dr. Lee and his people in Cairo is and always has been in good order, as you perhaps knew. Finally, Elwood Gerard knew it, too. Having handled Dr. Lee's affairs for many years, he could not help but have known. But the people of the colony are now free from their fears. That isn't going to help Dr. Lee. Jordan, no man will ever have to judge his guilt. Sam. He's in the hands of Allah, or whoever guided his destiny. He died quietly in his sleep but a few moments ago. Being a doctor himself, he knew that when he made his sacrifice for his people, he had but a few hours to live. That was the true secret of Dr. Wong Lee.
the finest in tomato flavor, enjoy the whole family of Del Monte tomato products. Del Monte catsup and chili sauce. Del Monte tomato sauce and tomato juice. And Del Monte whole peeled tomatoes. Remember, buy wisely. Buy for flavor. Buy Del Monte. Del Monte, the brand you trust for flavor in so many good foods. Rocky Jordan, written by Gomer Cool and Larry Roman, stars Jack Moyles in the title role with Jane Avello as Sam Sabaya, and is produced and directed by Cliff Howell, with original music conducted and directed by Richard Arant. Remember, you have a date next week at the Cafe Tambourine, run by Rocky Jordan. Same time, same station. And the story is The White Beetle. Want to brighten your meal with sunny, tropical flavor? Then you want Del Monte Pineapple. For salads, dessert, or a refreshing drink, choose from five styles, sliced, crushed, chunks, tidbits, or juice. You'll really enjoy the luscious flavor of Del Monte Pineapple. Larry Thor speaking. Rocky Jordan is presented over CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. <laughs> <laughs>